take a holiday in in the big West <laughs> over an ice hotel. True story. No shade to the holiday in. I love a free breakfast. everybody welcome to girls gone hallmark a hallmark review podcast i'm megan and i'm a lifelong hallmark movie fan i'm wendy and i smell a new series for hallmark movies and mysteries mm-hmm. today we're reviewing the cases of mystery lane a new mystery franchise that originally aired on sunday march 19th 2023 if you want to connect with us outside of the podcast we'd love for you to follow us on instagram fun things happening there we are both at megan and wendy and at girls gone hallmark that's right also join our facebook group we just hit 200 i'm look i know 200 does not sound like a lot of people when there are hallmark facebook groups out there that have like 10,000. but i am so happy we've hit this milestone i love the people that are over there it's very engaged very passionate people talking about hallmark movies and actors and did you see that and i love it girls gone hallmark Facebook group. I agree with all of that. Let's talk some Hallmark news. I've got some ratings info for this week's movies. Tell me. First up, winning team. A winning team. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know. Mm -hmm. It was number six in total cable viewers with 1.37 million viewers. Wow, Um, that's real good. Yeah, the, the... Percentages of the key demo they haven't been doing as well in, but they're they're getting more viewers than those with a higher percentage of the demo. And again, this really gets into like the advertising weeds and how those numbers shake out. But for me, as an observer who's not in the game, I'm like, I want to focus on numbers of people watching. Because like, screw 18 to 45. Like, I'm almost out of that demo and I matter too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Next up for the cases of Mystery Lane had 824,000 live viewers. Now, something Hallmark is doing is they're airing these movies and mysteries movies a little bit earlier, so they don't overlap with The Way Home. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, right? Like, they're not losing viewers because of The Way Home, but they might be losing viewers by airing it a little bit early. Mm-hmm. But I think that's still solid numbers compared to how movies and mysteries movies have been performing and finally the way home continues to do very well with 1.6 million views on episode nine making it the most watched non-basketball program on cable wow that's more than a winning team indeed wow call it a hit i would call it a hit as well last week we talked about the third movie in the winter castle series being made it is called a winter castle romance we have stars attached to that movie steven Huzar, who is related to something we're going to talk about in a moment and katie cassidy we had originally reported per information we received from sleepy kitty paw that it wasn't being filmed at the site of the original ice hotel movies and that was true at the time but they have now moved on to a second filming location which is the location where the first two movies were filmed this is a christmas movie you might recall that we didn't we didn't love Baby It's Cold Inside. No. And Sleepy Kitty Paw themselves also called out like this wasn't a hit for the network. And they posited like why would they do this? Perhaps the play is maybe it's going to do better as a Christmas movie in the winter. 
first of all, I need to know the backstory of what happened to their first filming location. Did it melt on them? No, 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 no. no. It wasn't that they like changed mid-course. It was just that as information was coming in, they Got were filming it. somewhere else. And now, now they're at the hotel. They just have separate filming locations. I think people have this like obsession, intrigue about what it would be like to experience an ice hotel. Terrible. It would be terrible. (laughs) Maybe that's why they continue to make these movies. Sure. Not for me. No, thank you. Put me on a island somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. With with a bed not made of ice anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'll take a holiday in in the Midwest (laughs) over an ice hotel. True story. No shade to the Holiday Inn. I love a free breakfast. Okay. Oh, boy. You have some news to share for the people. Uh, If you're not following our Instagram, you should be because Thursday night we kicked off the first round of the King of Hallmark. We are crowning the King of Hallmark. What it is, it's basically like a March Madness bracket, similar to what we did at Christmas time. We're picking the King of Hallmark, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny because... The matchups, while random, a lot of people are very heated about, you know, some of the particular matchups. How can we ever choose between Christopher Russell and Chris Palaha? Basically, those down the, you know, that kind of. That is a that is a tough call, by the way. So flip I a just coin. Li- I just like to reiterate that it was random. We were, did not purposely match these actors up against each other, and one of our listeners messaged me and she's she has a full criteria of how she's selecting me i'm just picking who i think is the hottest (laughs) she had like how vulnerable they are when they are in a movie like do they act outside of their like box so i was like okay well it's to each their own however you want to critique these men how you see them moving on who you want to win you do you I like that there's some thought put into it. Very much, I'm like, first impression, boom. Yeah, I'm like, mm, does it make me feel funny when I look at his picture? <laughs> yes. I mean, if they post a reel, do I potentially watch it over and over again <laughs> so that I don't miss anything? Do I save it to my personal collection <laughs> to revisit at a later time? Yes. Okay. That's what we're talking about here. Many people have asked for a ladies bracket. And, uh, okay, let me just say... Oh, no, woman-on-woman crime. I don't want to be nervous, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it that I feel okay with the dudes, but I feel like we can't do it with the ladies? That's a good question. I would love feedback from our listeners on this. Yeah. Should we do it? I just don't, you know. I know. I know. At first, I was like, totally, we'll do the ladies. And now I'm like, you don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want people to be sliding into the DMs being like, you are a woman hater. You are objectifying women. I don't, I I don't know. Woof. Unless we make our own criteria of some, but then it gets way too complicated. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Come on over to our Instagram. We're doing this in the stories. If you're listening on Friday, you're still going to be able to vote in the later rounds. So jump in. Okay. Let's talk the cases of Mystery Lane and let's start with the synopsis. All right. Birdie and Alden Case find a way to keep the mystery in their marriage alive. Literally, when the amateur sleuths are pulled into a murder investigation. Starring Amy Garcia and Paul Campbell. 
This movie was written by Joel Dovev and Margot Froley. They are new to Hallmark, and according to Paul Campbell, they had originally sold this script to network television, but it didn't get picked up, so Hallmark bought it. Well done, Hallmark. Yes, I just followed the writers from our Instagram, Instagram. Mm-hmm. yesterday. I think this is their first everything that they've written as a team. Mm-hmm. I think I think individually they are writers as well. And they're actually real life married people together with the children. Oh. Oh, you didn't know that, did you? Huh? I did not. Well, there you go. This movie was directed by Mike Roll. You might remember we mentioned his name at the beginning of the year. Do you remember? She says no. He has 61 directing credits, including tons for Hallmark, not for maybe Date My Dad. Yes, five episodes of Date My Dad. Okay, we mentioned him because he is the father of actress Casey Roll, who played the art student named Lily in the Wedding Veil Inspiration. Ah. But he's like a prolific director. Tons of stuff. coming back to me now, but yes, he did. It's all coming back to me. (laughs) He did direct five episodes of the 2017 hit, Date My Dad. Hit. Hey, 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 hey. I won't comment any further. This was filmed in Vancouver, but set in Massachusetts, and some Eagle Eye viewers looked up. The, The town, I don't think it's ever called out. But there was some mail that had a zip code on it, and they looked that zip code up. And it's Worcester, Massachusetts, where this was set. Oh, interesting. Of course, Paul Campbell, he plays Alden Case. Campbell gave an interview where he said that he loved wearing the ridiculous disguises and playing the silly characters in this movie. Um, he also said that this was like a role he's been waiting for mm-hmm. for forever. He said that his dream role would be playing Andy Samberg's role in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So this was his chance to do something in that vein. Now, I've never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I have no idea, like, what he is referencing. I mean, I've seen exactly one episode. It's, you know, like a goofy send-up of a cop show. Okay. You know Andy Samberg. You can envision the kind of cop he might play. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. Amy Garcia plays Birdie Case in this movie, and uh, Amy has 81 acting credits to her name. She's a complete newcomer to, to uh, Hallmark. I'm, she's so, like, she fits right in. <laughs> so perfect. She I does. Like, that can't be correct. Yeah. But she's worked quite a bit. Yes, she was in last year's Netflix holiday movie Christmas with You with Freddie Bench Jr. She also did 80 episodes of Lucifer. Which is oh, a show I'm a good not show. You would like that familiar show. with. And about the devil. You would love that show, actually. It's great. Okay. And then she, many years on the HBO series Dexter. She also does a ton of voice work. Yeah. I think if she was going to be in a Hallmark, she needs to be in the mysteries based on the kind of character she t- mm. tends to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. One small news and note here. Paul Campbell superfan Carolyn Richardson, also known as Hallmarkies Carolyn 3 on Instagram and co-host of the Hallmarkies podcast. She started a petition on change.org. I will link leave a link. <laughs> change.org, yeah. I will leave a link in our show notes. She wants to get Hallmark to commit to turning this movie into a franchise. And at the time of my note taking, the petition was at 408 signatures, including the one and only Tyler Hines. Oh, 
he I, shared it. He shared it on his stories. And then when I went to click through to, to leave my signature as well, I saw his was on there. <laughs> I have one final news and note. Mm. That is that Matt Hamilton, who plays Officer Newton in this yes. episode yes also played mark Leclerc in three wise men and a baby mark Leclerc. yes <laughs> i knew he looked familiar but i could not place him also in our like six degrees of hallmark he was in the movie north to home as oh well. among interesting. others oh and he's in the babysitters club Oh, you're a real Mark Leclerc. No, what's his name? Mark Leclerc fan. <laughs> his name is Mark Hamilton, who played Mark, Mark Hamilton. Leclerc. You're a big fan, huh? I'll follow him on our I Instagram think for you. He plays very funny characters. He was hilarious in yeah. this movie. What was your first impression? I liked this more than the Curious Caterer franchise. Oh, huh. no mystery here. This is a hit. No mystery here. You're funny. Love it. Let's talk about what we liked. I think we've got another case of spot on casting. Oh, for sure. Paul Campbell is the perfect goofy comedy investigator. As we mentioned, like after reading his dream role, it, this is perfect. He's so good in this role. Amy Garcia is the perfect matchup as his like more buttoned up, serious, focused wife. Mm-hmm. You're of taking course. all my likes. I'm sorry. Like the Mark <laughs> Hamilton role is just the casting across the board is so good. The woman who plays the wife, everybody. I fully believed the assistant as the murderer. Like at no point was that like a leap for me to make. So good. Casting, amazing. Okay. Did I steal it all? <laughs> a little bit, but I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll dive deeper. I loved Paul Campbell throughout this movie. Yeah. His dry humor is where it's at for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love a good, dry, sarcastic, funny man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought he was fantastic in some of the vulnerable parts of the script. Yes. The marriage stuff. Yes. The figuring out what he wants to do with his life stuff. Yes, relatable. When he was saying goodbye to his treasured robot stuff. Oh, yeah. I liked him a lot. I thought he did a perfect job of putting those two things together. And I'd like to say we saw a little bit of this character in the Santa stakeout. Yes. But this was like a full lean in, full throttle here. Yeah, great point. Let me tell you what else I really liked about this movie. Okay. I love that it was a comedy mystery film. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize like that is a actual particular genre so i i wanted to look it up and i I needed some more like uh, examples so of recent we've got knives out and murder mystery with jen aniston and adam sandler those are considered comedy mystery films okay in the 90s there was ace ventura which is a little more hijinksy but you know and the movie so i married an axe murderer Ah. and then in the 80s in the same genre we had fletch Pink Panther, and Clue. So I'm here for this genre on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. I really liked it, especially with Paul Campbell attached because he is a great comedic actor. Yeah, and I feel like in that category of movies, this really like rises to the top. It certainly is competitive with all those theatrical releases. Uh, Don't you think 
Yes. I also want to note, and you already talked about her, I thought Amy Garcia was awesome as Birdie. Mm -hmm. First of all, love that name, Birdie. I think it's such a cool name. Yeah. Agree with you that the casting was great for her. She had great energy and great comedic timing. Yes. And they would be throwaway lines that were funny. Uh Like, for example, she said something about like killing it or something. She's like, "Ah, see what I did there? Like it, I don't know. I just really enjoyed her. I thought, I wrote down initially, she's as cute as a button. And then I looked up her age and she's in her 40s. And I was like, that probably feels offensive to like a woman in her 40s who has worked like she has, uh-huh. but she's the cutest button. She is. I. That's not. That's not wrong. We learned early on that at some point Birdie had considered divorcing Alden, and in spite of that, their relationship is not uncomfortable to watch. There are some scenes where they're not connecting. Like Alden tries to have a conversation with her as she's on her way to work, but it feels more like things that would happen in a real marriage as opposed to like doesn't feel manufactured. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're. There are antics to try and convince us there's trouble in paradise. We can see through the fact that he's hiding the fact that he's in PI school, and we don't know right away why that is. I thought that was really well done. I love that we started with a married couple. Mm, Yeah. There's not this, like, will they or won't they? We're there. We get the satisfaction of their relationship, but they have their own stuff to work through. And finally... This is a me thing. Sometimes I get very lost in these Hallmark mysteries. And at the end, I find myself going, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened or why. Mm -hmm. They did such a nice job, A, of weaving the story in a way that my apparently pea brain can understand, and B, of recapping all of the steps that went into the various crimes that were committed at the end Mm -hmm. that I felt very satisfied. It wasn't like, oh, I need to rewind and figure out what happened. So, brava. Well, you will see here two things that you mentioned are in my wished for. I just have one more like that I want to share. I thought the writing was great. Let me give you four examples. Every interaction between Alden and the air quotes cop had me (laughs) laughing out loud. And it didn't just end once. Like, they did it throughout the entire movie. I thought it was so funny. Alden's disdain for coworker Kyle and all his quips about like, I'm Kyle and I like to run 5Ks for fun. Like every single time I laughed, I loved it. And I wondered like, is that writing or is that Paul Campbell doing that? You know, I want to know how much extra he brought to it just because I think he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Alden's disdain for fellow PI Rick and all their interactions. I saw some glasses. Yeah, at the top. Oh, so you can read. And like, it just was so funny. And and he's so proud of himself too. Like he like chuckles to himself when he says it. When Rick saves Alden <laughs> and he's holding a gun on Paula and he's like, drop that turkey baster. It was like the perfect beat. Like it was great. Yes. And finally, when the FBI, FBI agent busts Alden and Birdie, and he finally lets them go. He tells Alden he should stick to Reddit. And I yes. almost died. Yes, thank you for saying that. I, as, had, as someone who loves Reddit, <laughs> I was like, yes. I had Reddit in my notes. And I, I just wrote Reddit because that, that's the kind of terrible note taker I am. And I couldn't remember the line. I just remembered laughing out loud. So thank you for that. 
I would also like to point out, in addition to the writing, the fact that Paul Campbell's character, Alden, is a failed cryptocurrency investor. (laughs) Chef's kiss. (laughs) And if you notice, like, in the garage where his work his work area was, like there was all these kind of like nuggets of like what it looked like he has done in the past. There was just one area that had all these like rolled up papers. And now I don't know whether that has any relevance to like what he does out there, but I just there was like I was like, Oh, that's his man cave. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's his workstation. Yeah, and I I like that they didn't try and like glorify it. Like they show them opening and closing the garage door at multiple <laughs> points. Like I just was like, yes, this is a garage. Floor was stained. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't notice the floor stain. Yeah. No. no, it's a garage. All, All right. right, let me talk about what I wished for. Yeah, and it's on two subjects that you kind of bumped on. Okay. The first one is, I wish I had a better understanding up top why Birdie would have drawn up divorce papers. Like, when he finds them at her desk, I felt like it was kind of out of nowhere. Hmm. It might have just been a me thing. Did I miss the whole, like, that she was upset with them that no, they didn't she lost all their money? That, but I feel like, you know, that's funny. I liked it. I was like, oh, there's trouble in paradise. There was nothing that, like, there were no clues that they were unhappy in their marriage, with the exception of, like, he got up and made her breakfast and she, like, bounced. But that, to me, I thought it was more of he was jealous of Kyle, the coworker. So I didn't really see, like, there was, like, trouble in paradise between them. But I think that is the point, is that he didn't know either. Mm, good point. Yeah. Good point. And I appreciate that they tell us why at the end, like what had happened there and why she did that and what she was upset with. And they had a very adult conversation about it. Mm -hmm. For me, the story gets a little complicated midway through when they're trying to figure out how the mob guy and the coworker are connected. And then you add Paula on top of that. But I agree with you that they did a really good job at like reminding the viewers here this is what we're working with it perfectly tied into like their murder board and all that stuff so that's all i had wished for my only wish is something you already bumped on and that this needs to be a series it was set up perfectly to be a series Mm. it it stands alone but i think the way they set it up now they're gonna work together a little bit and they've got this whole like mob situation i feel like it lends itself to quite a few stories to tell right Okay, so did you have any, did you see that? I didn't. I have I have a couple, but they're mostly just commentary okay. throughout the movie. The number of snacks Alden eats while he's doing <laughs> surveillance, I feel seen. I was going to say, again, super relatable. <laughs> I would have totally done the whole thing. And it was just like one thing after another. Burger, fries, chips, licorice. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Tell me how old that Kia is he's driving because it has a key ignition. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't that old of a vehicle and made me wonder this Kia's the car brand, do they actually have key ignition still instead of a push button? Anyway, several times he took the key out of the ignition and then when he tries to like drive away, he's like fumbling to put the key in the ignition. I was like, why are you just first of all, if it has a key ignition, just leave the key in the ignition. Don't take it out. Yeah. Anyway, it was just funny. Three more things. Okay. The old lady with the gun. Yeah. When she like cocks the gun and then gives him a wink, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. That's so funny. It made me so nervous. I'm like, that's a big gun. (laughs) 
I don't was, like guns. Like, I don't want them around. No, I totally agree with that. But it was just so funny. So that she was very they're funny. Like, oh. But it, mm-hmm. it felt like a a very strong statement for that little old lady, that big oh. gun. I was expecting well, it to be like a pistol, like a like an old-timey pistol. Yes. <laughs> She's like, got a gack. <laughs> like a little Smith & Wesson with its like little grooved... You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Picture something from Back to the Future Part 3. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more things. The coffee maker. Now, didn't we see this, like, exact coffee maker in a movie recently where they it's were, like, like... The steamer and all that? I swear it's the exact same coffee maker. It was, like, the same color. I don't remember which movie it was in. It might have been a Wedding Veil movie. Oh, maybe. Where she couldn't get the coffee, oh, the yeah, Italian yeah, yeah, coffee yeah. maker it to work without her husband. Yeah. I could just be putting the two and two things together. Anyway, nice coffee maker for her. Like she a, does well. She's an attorney. Fair. And finally, when they go to the apartment buildings and he is dressed up as the pizza guy. <laughs> With his mustache. And he presses the buzzer and he has this crazy, like, she accent. Well, they're in Massachusetts, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's funny. There's nobody has like a definitive, like, thank goodness, accent. And she goes, This is exactly what I thought. What accent are you doing? And in my head, I said, Kevin McGarry. Oh, no. <laughs> Paul Campbell's doing a bad accent of Kevin McGarry's bad accent. Oh, no. Anyway, anyway. Highly enjoyable movie. Well, let's rate it. Okay. I think you might be surprised. Okay. You go first. Five stars. No I gave, Ooh, I gave it 4.75. Wow. Just because I got a little bit mixed up in the middle and had to rewind it a couple times to figure out, like, the who they were talking about. Sure. Anyway, I very much enjoyed. Very, very, very much enjoyed. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. Next week, we will officially kick off Spring Into Love with a picture of her starring Tyler Hines and Rhiannon Fish. We will have the finale of The Way Home and the premiere of Ride. It's a big week. Make sure you are following us. Hop into our Facebook group for a first look at all of our thoughts on these movies. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.